Now everyone's making it in film and TV, but we don't really know how. Here we uncover the truth. Welcome to the Your Cinema Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Your Cinema Podcast. We are well on our way. Being consistent, I love it. Um, yeah, the podcast is really the place where we explore the truth, the truth behind how our guests have made it. Um, because I feel like, and you hear me say this a lot, literally, there's so many people making it now, but um, we don't we don't tend to really see the key steps and and the practical things that are happening behind the scenes, whether that's the networking they've done or the literal craft and the places that they've studied at, or just the long, hard slog of, you know, being diligent in something for five to 10 years. So some, a lot of the times it's a mixture of all of that, but yeah, each week we're catching up with amazing leaders, pioneers in the space. And this week is no different. Our guest, our very special guest is a writer, entrepreneur, a head of scripted development at Dare Pictures. She's worked at Warner Brothers, Marvel, Daniel Kaluuya's company, 59%, and so many more. Um, she's also the co-founder of Black Women in Scripted, which we were just having a... Um, uh, uh, I want to say visceral. I really need to go to the dictionary and just make sure I understand what that word said, but I just love the sound of that word. Um, just talking about that visceral moment um, last year where, um, you know, they took over um, BBC Studios, which was amazing to see. I introduced to you guys all Cassandra Johnson Biko. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for joining us today, Cass. Um, and as thank usual, you for having me, of course. Oh well, you know it's 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 our pleasure. Um, as usual, I'm gonna go straight in, and I think just just even to give like context to people, right? I know I've mentioned some things on the intro, but I really just wanna. I want to go straight in with writing, right? Because, like, in 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 everything that 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 I've seen from like your work, right, and your career, writing's played such a huge part, and it's like very central. Um, so I just wanted to know, like, how did you start writing? Um, well, I've always been someone who's like been very creative with words. Um, I, I think a lot of people who know me say that even it comes out in my speech. Um, and so, <laughs> um, so obviously I started writing I think when I was like eight like properly and we had like so many different exercises and I was that kid at the back of the class who was like tasked with writing like a page on like Rumpelstiltskin and then I'm coming with like an alternative story off the back of that um like you know you know um like childhood you know the childhood tale so yeah. I'd like remixed it and like come up with this whole villain origin story and like I came across it the other day uh, when I went to my mum's because I was looking at this and it was like a nine-year-old kid and I'd drawn little doodles and things but I'd like written it and it was like a 20-page thing and uh, it was like a big deal at the time because like obviously my teacher framed it like you know had it up in the classroom and then in year six when I was leaving they gave it to me and it was like my greatest achievement and so I've always been like really passionate about um characters and story and like world development and as I like got older that sort of 
you know, became a through line in my life. Like I self-published poems when I was like 13, you know, I was always like entering into like rain dance writing competitions and, you know, trying to get my work out there somehow. And this is even before I knew that like screenwriting uh, was a thing. I just thought, oh, I wanted to be a novelist um, because, you know, my biggest, I guess, inspiration is Mallory Blackman. Um, so in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be the next Mallory Blackman. You know, this is what all of this is for. Um, and then I did my A-level drama exam. And then my teacher was like, you know, because part of our A-levels, we had to write our own plays. Um mm -hmm like taking characters from like you know brett like plays from stanislavski and brett and all of those people and then mm. creating stories about them and like like making like a family unit with these you know fiction characters and i had yeah. one and then i had to perform it because at the time you know i thought i could be an actor um so i was like performing it what i wrote and i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna do this for a living what's it called and my teacher was like yeah you could be a screenwriter and I was like oh and then so that was like from like age eight to 18 of like writing and then figuring out oh I could be a screenwriter and that's truly when I started like going to like film courses and then you know went to uni for film and tv production and then obviously dropped out after a year but then found my way to film school but even at film school I studied screenwriting so yeah I guess writing's always been in, in like in me wow you know what i love that i love that like yeah like obviously you're 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 completely right like writing has definitely been been in you if you were you know um plotting out all, all the different plot points to rumple stilt skin um <laughs> i wanted to even for further context right um could you could you just share some of the projects that that you've worked on because it's not a joke it's it's not it's just not well I mean I've been quite fortunate that I haven't yet had my own project as a writer um mm -hmm. but I thankfully signed with Curtis Brown in Whoop. uh 2021 so I'm signed to yeah. there. shout out to mm -hmm. them um but in terms of like script editing which I always feel goes hand in hand for me um mm -hmm. you know my very first foray into production script editing was with Ted Lasso season two um, which wow. was an amazing experience um, mm. and uh, like there that was the first sort of team I worked in that allowed mm. me to sort of marry the two sides of myself in terms of the writer side and my script editing side because mm. up until that point all the advice in the industry was like keep it separate um, don't mention that you're interested in writing because you won't get as many roles in development or even like production because you'll make people feel nervous, right? Um, but then I, when I started on Ted Lasso, script coordinator, or see the team, the writing team are mostly Americans apart from me and Brett Goldstein who's British. Um, mm -hmm. And their approach is more fluid. Um, mm -hmm. And so every, it's like more of a collaborative process, right? And so even in like season two, obviously there's an episode of the Ghanaian billion, billionaire, like obviously yeah. 
had to come into a room because I'm from Ghana. So I had to, you know, come into a room and, you know, we were talking and I was just like pitching like things like, oh, you know, he could be in tech or he could work in oil. And like, you know, they were like, what sort of typical Ghanaian names? And I was like, well, my brother's name is Edwin and my dad's name is Francis. We're like, we're going to go with that. And then that's the name of Sam Richardson's character, you know. And then I had to be like, you know, Ghana versus Nigeria is a real thing. Um, So we have to put that in the script because in the episode it's a Ghanaian man trying to buy a Nigerian footballer and I was just like we need to make it make sense you know (laughs) because like the wider population is going to be expecting like that sort of humor and so they were like yeah like tell us like you know what's going on and it was really great and you know my my colleague at the time Sasha Garan she wrote the episode and she was brilliant at writing it and it was just a fantastic experience so from then onwards it sort of just like expanded um and then I worked like literally moved across to Marvel worked on Secret Invasion um and it was the same sort of process because again it was an American team right so I think my very first full-length British production um, only came, I guess, last year, April, when I, you know, was signed on to script edit for Chemistry of Death on Paramount+. Plus. Like, that was my, like, you know, first British production. And I was really grateful to basically be able to have a combination of the two and, mm-hmm. like, realise that, oh, we have really different ways of working, but the outcome is still great, you know? It's really interesting, I thought. I love this. I love this. Now, you've uncovered something, right, um, that I, I, I would love to understand and have more clarity on. What is What, what would you say is the difference between um, being a script editor and being on the other side where you're, you're writing? I would say, I mean, this is of course only my explanation, so please. And also, and to add to, the, and to, add to that, right, what, what that that advice that you got about oh don't tell people that you're interested in writing like why is that why is that a thing which it sounds like is more mainly like a british perspective so yeah, yeah. the difference is and then why is that an issue yeah i mean i guess my explanation of script editing is like you're sort of like the backseat passenger to the writer isn't it like you're the one that's guiding them they can't at the moment see all sides of like the direction they're supposed to be going so you're the one that's sort of steering them into like the best possible versions of themselves because I always find that like script editing isn't about the script editor's ego or like you know trying to enforce the storylines that the script editor necessarily thinks, oh, this should happen. But it's more about making a conversation with the writer um, and allowing them to, like, that sort of to and fro. And I find it, like, it's like a form of creative brainstorming, but a more... um, I would guess, I would guess intimate version because, you know, a writer and a script editor is like, you guys are a duo through and through. Um, so mm-hmm. I always say to writers that make sure the script editor you work with, like understands your overall voice and not just the show they signed on to work for, for because then you have like inconsistencies of the script um, and it's quite obvious, you know, where I'll watch something now and be like, mm, 
I would have scripted this differently. You know, you can sort of tell where a scene's gone on for too long or the characters are speaking in unnatural dialogue. It's like, mm, it's not quite right. Um, but yeah, that's what I class a script editor. And I guess with the writer, you're sort of, you are the driver. So it's like all the ideas are your own. Like when you pitch to a channel, sorry, not a channel, I would say a production company. When you pitch yeah. to a production company, and you've got all these ideas, you have to be really secure in what you're pitching and really understand the story you're trying to tell. And it sounds really obvious to say this, but I've had writers pitch to me and then I'll say, okay, let's talk again in a month. And then suddenly the story they're telling me a month later is slightly different verbally from how we spoke about it the first month. So then I'd have to, I have to be the one that's like referring them like, oh no, you said, this character would be doing this and they'll yeah. be like, oh yeah, I did say that. And that's how you can tell when a writer hasn't fully absorbed what they're writing and they're just writing, you know? Um, wow. Obviously, of course, there are sometimes forgetfulness, we're all humans, but mm -hmm. there is a difference, I think, between forgetfulness and not knowing your story. Man, wow, so wow, wow. My, like my first, I think, I think my very first script that I let someone read if like now I wouldn't let someone read that script as an example of me being like, you know, aware of myself. I sent a script out to a very high profile writer who was so lovely and gave me her time, Abby Morgan. Um, and she gave me her time and read my very first script. And I read that script as I am today. And I was just like, this isn't... I can't believe Abby read this because in this industry they only read something once you know people say oh yeah you can send it to me again but I'll tell you they'll come back to you in 2025 you know what I mean um so for me that was a learning curve of realizing that because I try you know trying to get it to gauge again it's just not going to happen she's too busy and rightfully so um I guess I mean is that is that have I answered your question at all yes and more and, and I guess um, you were talking about the issue in terms of the separation. Yeah. So yeah. if you look back at like everything out of outlined, this is where mm. the issue comes in, right? Because, okay. and I don't blame a lot of production companies. Some people just want you to do the job you're hired for. They don't yeah. want you to come in and use it as a springboard to further your own ambition. Because mm. obviously like in this industry and actually all industries, whatever company you're working for, like what the company's vision is the priority it's not it's not you know we we make our seem ourselves seem like seen and heard but you are working for a company um and so from that aspect i understand but it shouldn't be as black and white as it is um yeah. and the only i think the only time i realized that there is a way for this to have work for me is mm. I went to um, the script editors forum that Sky runs sometimes. This was held in Manchester. Um, mm. And I listened to Jerome Buchan Nelson speak because mm -hmm. obviously he came from continuing drama series, the script editor and was like working on Bulletproof at the time. And he was mm. talking about like, you know, wanting to be both and like how he figured out a way to do it. And it was just being like authentic and sort of knowing your time when to sort of like reveal this side of yourself. Um, yeah. And he really inspired me. And from then onwards, I sort of started plotting 
Um, okay. <laughs> okay. So how am I going to make this work? <laughs> it's yeah, working for everybody yeah. else. So I need to, I need to get my time. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. And it's paid off and it's paid off. I'm paying. I'm paying. Off. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yes and no. I'll be very honest. Like, obviously okay. it's just a struggle of the industry. It's like, you get so focused on like getting an agent and I think most new writers are very focused on the agent right but then I think you know you have to also take time to really hone your craft um mm. and I've been very fortunate to have some like two really great agents that have like you know worked with me for the past two years um and have allowed me that space to develop as a writer and to continue, you know, redrafting and writing and then sending things out and then getting the feedback, you know, back. And they, you know, give me notes, right, on my script yeah. whenever they read it, you know. And honestly, I'm really grateful to Sam and Nish for doing that because not all agents are like that. And that's not a slight, it's just about capacity, I guess. Um, yeah. But I, you know, my time is coming. Um, so what's this, you know? <laughs> we're watching we're watching <laughs> no thank you thank you so much um so like obviously you've worked with um daniel kalia's company warner brothers marvel like so like a lot a lot of like reputable and highly established organizations right how did you end up um at their pictures um, which is definitely it's not a step down at all. I mean, of being course. head of scripted is being head of scripted is 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 a huge huge thing in itself. But yeah, um, how did that happen? So I was introduced to um, Darren Orford through like a mutual um, friend of ours, um, and you know I'm really grateful to that friend actually um, because what me and Darren have now gone on to create together in terms of the scripted arm of Dare is really impactful. Um, and you know Darren's also like my mentor um like I met Darren last year uh because I was really really keen to hone what I call the second le like level of my development which is my yeah. business skills um and Darren has his own you know Darren's like an institution I feel you know he co he co he's a founding father of Radio One Extra has yeah. worked over 20 years in journalism so to be working with Darren and you know all these years of experience is I just felt like it was like just the right time and obviously my time at 59% had come to a natural conclusion um, and then obviously this opportunity came at the right time um, and I'm really grateful for it and this also has allowed me to continue that work that we were talking about before with new writers um, yes. because now I'm in this position so I can you know pay it forward to everyone who's ever given me a chance and now I can you know do the same and you know bring more people up I'm still learning um on the job and it's the added benefit of having your mentor you know be <laughs> the CEO of the company I'm still <laughs> learning all of us in the company we all feel this sort of really nurturing and warm air um and it's like I guess one of the very few places I've worked that's allowed my creative juices to really flow because mm -hmm. we've been given that space to not run ourselves into the ground, you know? Um, so yeah, I guess that it was sort of the right, this, you know, time for me to enter into a role like this. And I was just fortunate that it was like under Darren's tutelage really. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. 
Um, one thing that I also noticed as well, right, Cass, is that you've you've got this 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 arm and this thread that I that that I noticed, right, where there seems to be in a lot of different places and 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 projects that you've worked on, there's like this liking that you have for like new talent or developing it developing it like what why do you think that is i think it's because i came through the industry of like you know through the mummy youth project Mm -hmm. um and what you learn during that um you know your time at mummy youth is so invaluable and i think at the time you sort of think of it as the near future values but Mm. actually what mummy youth instills in you is like for the future as well like it's in the far distant future and you know i've now worked in industry for seven years and i'm starting to realize that the only way for this industry to continue thriving is for those of us that are ascending not to close the door behind us um because like there's space for everyone um i mean that's part of what motivated us to co-found you know black women inscripted is to allow people a space and a hub to congregate and feel seen and heard. Um, And I was fortunate to have that at Mama Youth um, and now have that sort that that community feeling is very much in my bones now. Um, And so I've always wanted to continue that thread. And so that's what you're basically traced is um, that, I guess, want for new voices to know that there are people out there that are actually going to help you and aren't going to make you get out of your house at 9am to meet them in Soho for a coffee and then ghost you afterwards, you know? There's real people... <laughs> 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 exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> 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 like you know like if you're gonna meet someone like ask them do you have the financial means for this because i've been in that position where i had to use my last 10 pounds like at the start of my career to go to elstree (laughs) and because i was called for a general and then in my naive mind i thought oh this means I'm going to get to be in the writer's room for EastEnders. No, it did not. <laughs> it was just like, oh, you're, you know, it's like, oh, this is a set tour. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is, this is also what I remember, right? Because, you know, if you felt that pain, then you know not to do it to other people. Beautiful. I love that. 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 Um, given, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I hear, I hear that. And I think I, I love, I love the way you put that right. Because so many creatives will understand what that scenario that you just said. And it's that mixture of being hungry and willing to do what it takes to, you know, just further your career and, you know, make those connections. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you meet people for life and sometimes you meet people that you, you know, you you don't really have a connection with. It's it's trial and error. Yeah. But then there's a reality of like, well, I can't be doing that three or four times a week um, all the time. You know, like even the reason why what you said is so amazing is because people know what it is when there's a meeting at 10 o'clock and 
you have to you have to travel across London at peak time. Yes. Oh gosh. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, I mean, like I said, I'm from Streatham, so I was sat on a Thames link, you know, <laughs> all the way to Elstree. Yeah, that's like <laughs> the other side. That's it's, like, it's like literally south to like north, 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 yeah. you know, and so. Is that, and, like, and, is that probably like zone six? Yeah. Because it's yeah, boring yeah, woods, yeah, so it's like yeah. half a shit, you see, it's far. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's one of those things where I guess also being in this position, um, also now helps because I, when I'm speaking to people now, I'm very upfront with them, where, like what capacity I have or what we can and can't do. So that it's like kind of leave the autonomy for people mm-hmm. to make that decision if they still want to talk, because I'm always happy to talk, yeah. but I wouldn't want um, like someone to talk to me and like feel that, you know, something was promised that I wasn't probably aware of because it happens. It's really easy to happen, like miscommunications, happen all the time so I've always just been a very blunt and honest person and I'll just always keep it 100 no thank you thank you Cass amazing amazing um so right given that like you've got this penchant for um uh yeah I like that word as well uh (laughs) for, for 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 new writers right um as well as like all the amazing people that you work with, what are like some of the key common mistakes that that um, you feel like new writers tend to make? Um, I think I mentioned one earlier, which is like sending out your work before it's entirely ready. Um, wow. I think I think I feel like it's really unfortunate for new writers because there's a there's like this hidden pressure. Like despite yourself, you try and avoid it, but there's this like sort of pressure that you, like all writers put themselves at the very beginning of that, like, oh, I need my script to go in the next year. So I'm just going to be sending it out. I'm going to send it out and send it out. And that works um, if the script is good. No shade. I'm not saying, you know, every writer has put a lot of hard work into their work. So I always remember that. But Mm. is the script good? Like, just like business level, is it good? Um, And nine times out of 10, they're not because you can see it's been rushed and it's been just like, oh, I just need this producer to read it. You learn very early on in BBC Writers Room when the script is good or isn't. Um, And that's what that logic and I've applied it throughout. So that's the first thing I would say, make sure your script's actually ready. Um, Are you actually ready for an agent? Because that's another thing that I keep hearing or like someone will ask me, like, how did you get your agent? How, how do you get an agent? And it, it seems like write a script, then get an agent. That's literally the steps that seems to be the like, you know, in the industry, that's what people feel like is the actual steps. But it's no, it's like, I would say it's, you know, write your script, leave it go and do some other developmental projects where it's like maybe like collaborating with a friend on a script or you know applying to these short film funds and turning in like the script into a proof of concept and actually seeing if this can work um if you if funds are an issue of that you can always ask people to read like like more and more writers need to ask more people to read their scripts before it like reaches my desk, for example. Um, mm-hmm. And just like when you meet with an agent, is this agent right for your tone of voice? Because the amount of writers I've seen over the years who are just like, 
in and out of agents or like you know and that there's valid reasons of course but it's oftentimes it's like oh my agent just didn't understand my voice and I just didn't think they were putting me up for the right job so you know I'm moving and it's like a job isn't it like if you apply for a job in like let's say corporate world and you've worked there for six months and then you go for another corporate gig you know um, it's not looking a bit it's not looking too good is it so yeah. same with like agents it's like unless there's an absolute valid reason which is you know between you and your god but mm-hmm. if the reason actually is that oh they didn't understand my voice and you've only been there six months the other agent is going to be thinking well how long are you going to give me before you jump ship again and in that mm-hmm. time how much money are you going to make me for me to even sign you so where you got a clean slate of the first agent who signed you on just your talent and your raw ability to write now a second agent is going to be looking at your marketability and how long before you jump ship so now you've got two strikes against you before they get to your talent and your voice and in some cases reading that script and then thinking that it's not that deep bye see (laughs) you know wow and I guess the, my final point, you know, I'm trying to keep it to three points because we could talk all day about, you know, writing tips. But yeah, I, the, the, I think my final main point is don't be afraid to engage a script editor by yourself. Um, like there's loads of people I know, like a lot of my work has come from like fr- my friends in the industry setting aside time and just giving me industry type notes so now that's how my writing has evolved is like having these people who are trained in this you know writing trade or editorial trade of like script editing or our development producers or our head of mm-hmm. self-development who understand mm-hmm. things at like a really insular level have now read my script so i'm i know these notes are relevant to the climate of the industry now and so mm-hmm. if I don't agree with it, that means I haven't really understood the assignment with my work, right? So obviously you take all notes with a pinch of salt, but chances are if you are a new writer and the person who's reading your script is an exec producer at BBC Studios, you know, whole type Maddie, um, that person knows what they're talking about. So what, you know, because you, your career hasn't gone anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen, we keep it real. Like, you, you haven't gotten anywhere yet. And this exec producer who has worked and worked and worked probably sees about 50 people's scripts in one week sometimes. That's how much scripts we get in development sometimes. Wow. And then you're, you're disagreeing with them and then pitching your script to a producer anyway. Set yourself up to father. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that because you're it's it's amazing we're in this time of like loads of great stories from like our culture community mm. etc people are encouraged to be themselves you know authored stories blah 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 so there's this there's this dedication to authenticity but then it seems there's that balance between yeah but there is still some beats and craft specific craft points that still can't be missed structurally so yeah be authentic but these people know what they're talking about too so find that balance because i guess 
Yeah. 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 It's a balance of like um, believing in yourself, which you should always absolutely do, but then mm. also allowing room to grow and room to receive constructive feedback. Um, and if someone is giving you their time who works in the industry, considering the climate of the industry and how so many people are at burnout stage because they're working so many hours a week and then they read your script and then they give you feedback, that's someone who's already shown at that level that they are already invested enough in you because people can say no, you know? So I always remember, like, if I ask someone to read my script, like, I always say, oh, thank you so much. And I'm always grateful that at least they gave me that time to consider my work or to read it enough to give me like constructive bullet pointed notes that means they've thought about it you know mm -hmm. so even mm -hmm. if it didn't go nowhere or even if some of most of the the notes weren't as I guess like lauding as I'd like um just the fact mm -hmm. that someone is like diving into my world and trying to help me make it better um that's what motivates me personally as a writer to just like keep honing my craft I love this. This is amazing. This is amazing. Um, do you know what, right? Um, so Cass, like at our stories festival um, a while ago, Ajani, we did a session with Ajani and John Petrie and Tanya Qureshi um, from BBC Comedy, right? And he made a good point that with, in the development process of BBC, he had three drafts that he could send them, right? The first draft was wasn't well received. Um, notes, 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 notes. And his agent was like, "Look, the net this, this can't happen again. The next one has to be fire, right?" So, what happened was the second draft that um, I think I believe the exec on um, Dreaming Whilst Black saw was the thirtieth draft. So they literally went back and they they studied yeah they studied like like um I think two or three shows that were similar in the style and maybe the tone and the journeys and stuff and like they literally went and just surgeoned the thing like look we're gonna make sure it's it's, it's what it needs to be right um. I wanted to know like what your thoughts were on this and whether, whether that's like typical, because I know Ajani, him and Ali, they're craftsmen when it comes to, to writing. So they'll do a hundred drafts if they need to. But just in terms of like, like your perspective and experience, like is that typical or? Yeah. I think it depends. I think there's a difference. Um, I think it depends because if, if I'm submitting a script to a company, um, I'm open to like feedback, but if they actually say, oh, we would like you to make these tweaks and then send us this draft and then we'll consider it again. It depends how much I want to work with that company um, because otherwise I'm not going to do it because I'm not getting paid. Um, and I feel like unless you have written before or have a proximity to writers, I think oftentimes people don't realize how, how much it takes out of you to dive back into script and then like make unnatural changes that didn't come from you, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I guess in that instance, I wouldn't do loads of drafts, but mm -hmm. I guess, I guess with Rajani, cause it was the BBC asking him to do the drafts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that, that's like the channel. Um, so mm -hmm. that's different because I know that if I make these changes, my show is going to be on this channel. 
So I I will do it because it's a it's a forward investment, you see. Um, and I always try and apply things to a business sense. So I was like, okay, so it, this obscure company is asking me to do it. I'm not doing it. But, you know, Netflix want me to do like another pass on my 10th draft in order for it to be on Netflix. And you see Dreamworld's Black is on BBC, you know? So yeah, <laughs> this is the thing. Yeah, so yeah. You, have to, you have to think it's like peaks and troughs, isn't it? I guess mm. everybody's writing careers like this anyway. It's, mm. You know, it doesn't go up and doesn't, you know, it doesn't go across. It's always a wave. Um, so, and also it depends how important that project is to you because I think with one of my projects, it, it is a money grabber to the industry. I don't know why I did, you know, inverted commas, it is a money grabber. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Um, and that is um, my script, Guarded, which is literally a semi autobiographical tale of my time as a bouncer because I was a bouncer for five years to pay for um, film school. So um, I, that script has been doing the rounds for since 2018 and I've redrafted it and it's, you know, it's ready to go again. Right. But I, that's not even a, a script that came from me. Um, as in like, I didn't even come up with the idea, like as well, it is my, my idea it's my life, but in yeah, terms yeah. of the idea to write it, because I was writing some, obscure love stories that no one cared about and I thought this is the script this is my script this is the script that Abby Morgan read was a very it was a love story that didn't, no one cares about right so <laughs> but that that Abby like you know facilitated a meeting with Fable Picks um mm. and I had a meeting with Hannah there and so she'd read that script and now I know that it's a subpar script right but she read mm. it and invited me in for a meeting and then I knew that this there was no interest in the script because the, the trick was that she said was um so i read your script um i'd love to know more about you though like your whole journey <laughs> everything you know because if someone likes your script they're gonna be talking about it. my my it was about it to say um and then i obviously did my typical spiel of oh yeah i used to be a bouncer and then you know i say for film school and she was like what you were a bouncer and i was like yeah but anyway and i tried i remember like brushing past that and like going on to the next thing that happened in my life at the time i was like yeah and then i did this and i did this and i did this right mm. and then you know got an email from hannah a week later and she said oh you know i've spoken to faye um who's you know in charge of fable and we would like to explore um the bouncer idea and i was like about idea." <laughs> You know, I was like, it's, I was like, it's a bouncer idea. And they're like, yeah, you know, because she used to be a bouncer, so we'd like to explore that idea. And that's an example of <laughs> me ending up in this sort of position with a company just by happenstance, just talking about my life. And then, you know, I ended up working with them on Guarded for a year. And then, like, obviously we, that concluded naturally. And, you know, now the rights are back with me. But that was, like, my first foray, like, into writing. Um wow. I'm glad I had it then because that's what yeah. really you know, told me that I could do this. Mm. But at the same time, I wish I'd had that opportunity like now because I probably would um, handle it a bit differently or be a bit more aware of the whole like process. Mm. Yeah, know? yeah, great, straight. Yeah. That makes sense. Wow, I love that. I love that. What? So, 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 what's happening with Guarded now then? Is dead. <laughs> <laughs> I hate 
as in guarded i mean i've um i so i've curated a mini slate of my projects um yeah, because i i followed te- like quentin tarantino's like this is my set amount of projects that I have in me as like the the creator and the driving force behind these projects right doesn't mean that I can't hop on other people's work and anything like that but these are my like projects in my heart so mm-hmm. guarded is obviously um one of them and functional is um functional is another one of my scripts um that is more of a drama that is um I won't give too much away but it's it's about black female experience in this industry Wow! <laughs> not from me, but from tales, and I genuinely mean not just from me. There's, I like just, I mean that like functional is actually how, for me, how black women scripted actually the nucleus of black women scripted came from that script functional, because I'd wow. sent it to, I'd written this script in COVID, and was like, I want to write about this, all these experiences I've received from my my peers who are black females in this industry mm-hmm. and are like stuck in development assistant jobs for five years and no progression and like have been writing and writing on shows but no one is green lighting their original material um and so i sent my script to maddie and then we spoke we we spoke about the script and then we spoke beyond the script when i you know and then we realized that oh there's an actual need for support so it's funny like my script spanned <laughs> you know yeah. and it also like you know the idea was already there for like maddie and Farah anyway but my yeah, motivation yeah. for like co-founding Black Women Scripted genuinely came from my experience of speaking to black females in this industry writing the script and then realizing that I don't want to just capitalize off people's trauma yeah. I want to be able to help you know fix it so let's do this I love that. Do you know what? That segues nicely, 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 <laughs> perfect even. Um, like, yeah, tell us, for those that don't know um, and have been living under a rock, um, what what is Black Women Inscripted um, and what do you guys do? Um, so Black Women Inscripted is a collective of anyone and everyone that is a Black female that works in scripted. And I mean like makeup artists, we have script editors, we have writers, we have producers, but we also have lawyers and we have accountants who work in industry. And that visibility of like having all these different roles in like one, because like currently we operate as a WhatsApp group and we also have a LinkedIn and Instagram. But having all those roles, um, you know, connect to each other is really key because it's bringing visibility to the work that black women are doing in scripted that often gets just reduced to the writers and who's working behind the camera. Um, Mm -hmm. And now, you know, I've had so many people feedback to me that it's like the hub, you know, if you, if you're looking for some inspiration or looking to speak to people who look like you and work in scripted and, you know, because we all have that moment in scripted, no shade, but you work in scripted and you have, am I insane? you know this happened like do you know what i mean like is this just me is this like does this happen to everyone i'll pause for the but yeah i was like um does this happen to everyone this is just me and like i feel like a lot of people have told me having black women inscripted there they can speak to people and like figure out healthier ways of 
dealing with the situation and having that support to come back to at the end of the day and say hey this is how it went and someone like people still care or like oh they have a short film and they're looking for a black female producer and they're in this group and are exposed to producers of all different kinds of calibers like you know like it's just a brilliant brilliant group and how it's evolved in the last three years is definitely exceeded like mine maddie and farah's expectations like it's really really it's really really grown we've now got over 350 members um we're looking at like different initiatives to do we also have done two successful partnerships with like one with curtis brown and one with casarotto where you know we would like just basically matchmaking new writers with agents and off the back of it three of our writers have been signed from those initiatives which is a really great percentage considering how hard it is right now you know Um, and then obviously the mixer happened last year which was just incredible we had over 100 black women um, Mm. in the BBC space like television center historical BBC space and it was just black women um, who all have a common like we all have stuff in common because we all work in scripting and so suddenly though like you're able to talk about anything and everything um and then you're realizing all these old connections like you know i reconnected with someone i went to acting school with 10 years ago you know like it's like you know who's now also working in the industry and i was like oh my god that's where you were it's just like sis You know, it's been, I've been alone. And I'm like, well, we're here. You know, it was just really cool. It was really beautiful. I love that, man. I love that. I love that. Well, cast. Um, Yeah, no, no. I am so happy that we've caught up today. And long may Black Women in Scripted continue to flourish um, and and provide that support because it's needed. Um, and yeah, we'll definitely be talking about, you know, like if there's anything that we can do from the your cinema side, but also like you're an inspiration and your journey. I, I love it. I love it. And, and long may that continue as well. Cause yeah, yeah we need, we need more people like you who are great at what they do, but then also aren't afraid of helping the people coming up and pulling them forward too. So amazing thank you 